Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Cece and this is Claire. And for our headline news on December 13, 2020, we have three interesting stories coming up. So our first one is about a new cancer immunotherapy that's showing promise in its early research. According to Purdue University researchers, a new approach to cancer immunotherapy could become a universal treatment to solid tumors. The treatment seems to work on six different types of tumors. This approach to cancer immunotherapy doesn't work by attacking the cancer cells themselves. Instead, it focuses on immune system cells that feed the tumor and block the other immune cells from destroying it. But let's explain a little bit about how it works. So after an illness or injury, your body uses immune system cells to put breaks on an immune response, and this is in order to stop the response from going berserk. And this kind of acts as a form of control. But when your immune system tries to fight off cancer, the brakes are slammed at the wrong moments, and this in turn just stops your body from actually fighting off the tumor effectively. This research was led by Philip Lowe, who is Purdue's Presidential Scholar of Drug Discovery and Ralph C. Corley Distinguished Professor of Chemistry, and Timmy Ratliff, the Robert Wallace Miller Director of the Purdue Center for Cancer Research and Distinguished Professor of Comparative Pathobiology. Those are long titles. I know. But, you know, hats off to them for getting <laughs> those titles in the first place. Exactly. Wow, this is cool. I, like, before this, I didn't really understand how these, um, how in general cancer immunotherapy works and, like, why our body can't fight off mm-hmm. these tumors, especially when they're solid, right? Because that's when this, um, the stages become more severe, if you yeah. will. I was a little confused at first because it was like, oh, I was like, oh, like, why aren't they attacking the cancer cells? They're the things that's causing the problem. It turns out it's actually the immune system that's kind of causing part of the problem. Right. I didn't know that they actually stopped responses so that they don't go overboard. Well, if it didn't, I guess we'd all be um, immortal. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could, right? Do I want that to happen, though? Uh, Not really. Nope. I mean, I'm still glad to see that there's research. I think lots of people still forget there's, like, other... Like, even in COVID times, right? There Um, are other... There's other research going on for other just as important diseases and sicknesses. Mm -hmm. Well, the next story is about Hong Kong. So, recently, Jimmy Lai who is the Hong Kong media tycoon and activist, has been charged under the Hong Kong security law. So Lai has been charged for endangering national security by conspiring with another country. He was actually also arrested last April for allegedly organizing illegal protests against Beijing's presence in Hong Kong. In August, he was arrested for being suspected of violating the national security law. Both times he was released on bail, but... This third time, it may not be so easy, although they say third time's the charm. No, no, no. (laughs) So Lai is actually the founder of Next Digital, and him and a few other senior employees were arrested for allegedly violating the terms of their office building lease. Since they have determined Lai as a flight risk, the judge has denied him bail and made sure he would not be released until April of next year. He is expected to appear in court on Saturday, December 12th. 
As a democracy activist and outspoken critic of Beijing's encroachment in Hong Kong and their policy, Lai faces the danger of life in prison because of the national security law that was passed last summer. So the reason I said the in the beginning, that this is the national security law, is because this is what caused the beginning of Hong Kong protests. Mm-hmm. I remember I was in China. Yo, I did not I know. <laughs> I was not aware there were protests. Oh, okay? I was at the airport on like on my way home. Yeah, you was, were going home. Yeah, and there were like seas of people in like black shirts because I remember it was like black and white shirts that kind of signify which side you're on. I think black was for democracy, but I'm not that sure. But there were like seas of people wearing black just like sitting down, standing up in the airport, kind of like protesting the national security law. And then I was like, oh, what is this? Okay, I'll accept this sticker and a pamphlet. Thank you. Turns out they closed it. They closed on the airport because of the protests. Like a few days after I left, so I got very lucky. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have been able to start school on time last year. Was that winter? No, this was um summer, summer right? Yeah. Oh no, there was, So I went. I went to Hong Kong that summer too, but I went in early. Oh, you went earlier. Right? I went in the beginning of summer. Uh, so I was in actually. So you weren't even there. No, I I was. You were? I was. Well, so what happened was, first I was in China. I didn't know what was happening. The protests already began at that time, Uh right? But they didn't get to the point where it was like they were shutting down the airport. Oh, okay, 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 never mind. Right? So I was, it was 2019, summer of 2019. Yeah. Right? This year's 2020. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. My sense of time is so warped now. But I was in China. I did not know there was a protest until, like, I think, I don't know what happened. I was talking to a friend who was in Hong Kong. She didn't even know there was, like, or something happened. Like, I didn't know until somebody texted me, like, hey, like, are you, like, I know you're going to Hong Kong. Like, like, are you scared? I was like, what? What what am I supposed (laughs) to be scared of? Then I figured out there's protests going on in Hong Kong. And then, because... Well, I'm living, in, like, I was staying in China, which meant I probably could not see. <laughs> you didn't know when anything were, was going on. So. I and I wasn't, I, I couldn't have access to, like, my regular stream of news. Because it's China. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, then um, I also went to Hong Kong a few days later, and there I got this, I was, like, walking. Easy. And then I got, like, pamphlets. I was like, oh, yeah. what is this? And then they were like, oh, wow, it's a protest. And it was the day we were, I was leave, I was going back to China. Um, fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this, um, basically, this, the Hong Kong national security law is what really, you could say, blew up the whole thing, right? Yeah. Eventually well, it was Well, I mean, passed. yeah, there was always a little bit of, Tension. Right, the tension between <laughs> China and Hong Kong because of the oh, like, like one country two systems thing, right? Yeah. But then China didn't like that, and they've been trying to impose their own influence in Hong Kong for a very long time, and they looks like they've kind of succeeded right now. Because mm-hmm. back then, when it was passed, right, the t- two systems, one country, it was a time where China was weak. Well, not as strong as it is today <laughs> and hong kong like hong kong's commercial power was much larger much stronger and larger and i mean it's still now it's still like a great metropolitan yeah. right but now that china has 
I don't even know how to say. It. I don't think even it's like ex like, it's like it, rising up again or something. It's not. It's like bigger than exponential. It's like <laughs> it's just a straight line up. <laughs> like if you look at Shanghai, Beijing, and like like Shenzhen, like they look entirely different. Mm-hmm. Like versus twenty years ago. Like every time I go to China, my mom just like, wow, what the heck? <laughs> Because but now like since they. Don't rely on Hong Kong that much. Oh, they want to basically just they back. now have like more. In- I think right. Um, I feel like a lot of people are saying this too. Like they have more incentive to like just bring them back under. Yeah, that's true. Be- um, the government. Yeah, it's kind of scary though. Because like the security law is like, oh, we can arrest anyone that's suspected of trying to overthrow the government, pretty yeah. much. But like they Has- can kind but- of determine what that is through their own opinions and perceptions and basically what they want to achieve right so it's very open to interpretation hashtag throwback to the alien and sedition act <laughs> yes of so john adams right yeah they've trying to they've been trying to get jimmy lie for like forever ever since the security law has been in place because he's also the founder of apple daily i don't know if you guys know what that is it's Apple Daily is like um, a news source for Hong Kongers. Oh, and I think he publishes a lot of stories. And he, him himself, he's a very open critic about Beijing and the presence in Hong Kong. And of course, China doesn't like that, so they're basically just trying to get him for quote sabotaging、yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, remember our gov? Didn't、mm-hmm. our gov um? Teacher, our gov teacher made us listen to like a New York Times podcast, right? I chose one about Jimmy Lai, and he、oh. was like, "Oh yeah, I'm probably gonna get put in jail for like the rest of my life, but it's better this way." And I was like, "Okay, you do you." Yeah, I mean, at least he's like fighting for what he believes. Yeah,、in. props him for like doing that. Like if、um, you know, I think you rarely see that nowadays. I know, but yeah, I mean, this is such a contentious issue, like. I don't know. When I think about like what I would be if I were in that situation, like I was a citizen and resident of Hong Kong, what would I do, right? Because、yeah. I don't really want to live under the rule of CCP. Even though I do、yeah. visit China, I think I would not want to live there, right? Because it's I think it's just too restrictive. And also, I mean, there are also a bunch of other things that I have <laughs> <laughs> that I hold against the government. Yeah, there's a lot of things, but that's but. definitely one reason. I mean, Hong Kong was definitely a lot more. I don't want to say liberal, but I well, it is more progressive、yeah. than and just not as restricted as China. Like you can do a lot of things much more freely in Hong Kong than China. Also, the fact that you can't talk back against your leader is like so whack to so me. <laughs> like you, I, I, I don't think I would live. I think it's、uh, like morally, I would not want to live in a place where I could not freely criticize, like even just constructive criticism, right? And、exactly. also like regular cri- <laughs>、yeah. criticism against someone who holds power, right? Because how does a society or a country hold the leaders accountable if you cannot do that? You really can't. Because otherwise, you just keep doing the thing that they're doing. Nothing changes. Yeah, I mean, there's no perfect form of government, right?、Mm-hmm. You can't have complete democracy. Yeah, but I mean, this type of government is definitely not close to perfect. 
very far from perfect. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you, I guess, like, if this goes into, like, how effective a government is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, an authoritarian government like the CCP can get things done much quicker, right? They handled the coronavirus pandemic much better than us. Much better than the U.S., (laughs) right? Because there's no, like, fight back with, like, local government individuals, right? The people in China did what they did. But also... It's just completely different culture as well. Mm -hmm. But I do think the government, type of government, has so much to do with culture, right? Here we value a lot of individualism, liberty, freedom, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, what was it? Rousseau said, right? You kind of also have to give up some of your freedoms to get protection. It's a social contract that we sign when we live in a society. Yeah. Sometimes we don't understand that, but it's okay. Well, there's no, there's not a simple answer. <laughs> really isn't. It's so many different perspectives. Yeah. And I think like, this. like my perspective of what like government is like sometimes like too idealistic too, or too like cynical, maybe. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I don't think I'm cynical. Why do I, <laughs> I guess, no, I like, I guess maybe I find myself being too idealistic sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you have to have the realistic portions, too. Yeah. Can't have both. Well, um, our last story of the morning is that five are dead after a truck runs into a group of cyclists in Las Vegas. On Thursday, December 10th, a box truck rammed into a group of around 20 cyclists, killing five and injuring a few more. The cyclists were riding on U.S. Highway 95 with a safety car that was assigned to them, and according to Nevada Highway Patrol Trooper Travis Smacka, a southbound truck hit the safety car and some of the cyclists that were traveling behind the safety car. Five were pronounced dead on the scene while one was critically injured and then airlifted to University Medical Center, where they are currently receiving treatment. The uninjured truck driver cooperated well with authorities, and authorities determined that there was no issue with impairment, basically just saying that they were driving with no outside influence, or he wasn't, like, sleeping at the wheel or something. Mm. Is that just reckless driving? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, unless they can find something wrong with the car itself, or the truck itself, yeah, right? You can't... a careless mistake. Also, I mean, these things do happen sometimes yeah i do not know how this happened <laughs> i mean like imagining when it says like south but like you have a 20 cyclists moving like in one direction and a car near them right mm-hmm. and then i'm assuming the um truck came the other way maybe i'm not right not sure I'm not sure. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, like, if the, like, the cyclist, like, the the truck driver thought the cyclists were going to move and then just went ahead, they're like, oh, uh, Or, like, it was going too fast. I don't know what's going yeah, on. Me neither. I mean, these are the things that, like, these things happen, I think, and it's... Like, we have rules for them, right? Yeah. But I think no matter how many rules you have in place, right, Um, how many plan steps or something plan right yeah something is bound to happen yeah. sometimes not all the time of course but you can't have it 100 percent perfect yeah. 
But, I mean, this goes on the fact that doesn't mean something wasn't the right move. Yeah. Right? You never know. Well, those are all the stories that we have for you today. But before we leave you, we have our little Sunday snippet into the past. So on December 13th, 1985, France sues the United States over the discovery of an AIDS serum. Damn. Suing is like an American thing. <laughs> That's true. We've got Trump suing states for false or and state votes. no states suing other states. Well, that too. Yeah. But here like there's a culture like, "Oh, I'm going to sue you I'm if something happens." You. That's like everybody oh else God. is like, "Oh, I'm going to like I don't know what they're going to like beat you up." They're like, "I'm going to take this to court." <laughs> yeah. It's a little embarrassing cuz they never do it like an empty threat yeah i'm gonna sue you but i mean there's not at the same time um the suing industry (laughs) just kidding the law industry is still like full of people who want to sue lots of suing going on because legal action is very powerful indeed well that's all that we have for you today thank you for tuning in and have a good sunday